This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 272. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Color Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, welcome back to another show. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. This is the Color Pencil Podcast, and I am your host. This is the show where I talk about anything and everything related to colored pencils and the artist. This is another question call-in show series. In this type of show, I take some questions from the audience, and so I've got a couple today that I want to share with you, and then we'll answer them. Here's today's questions. Hi, John. I was wondering, when you're getting ready to start a project, how do you decide between Stonehenge and Pastel Mat? Thank you. In your recent podcast, you had mentioned about preparation and planning before you start a new project. Is there a guideline? What are the steps we have to take before we start? Thank you. All right. These are excellent questions. What are the guidelines? What is involved with the pre-planning? Are there specific steps involved before you start your next project? And then how do you decide between using Stonehenge or pastel mat paper when you approach a new project? Excellent. Okay. Well, let's talk about, since we're going to narrow it down to just Stonehenge and pastel mat, I think we'll talk about that one first and we may intertwine um, some of the items related to planning and pre-planning before starting a project inside of this answer as well. But if we're going to just talk about these two particular papers, then, and that's fine, um, let's do this then. Let's talk about each of these individually and then together uh, and then some of the differences between the two. Now, I will tell you that when I first started drawing in colored pencil, it seemed like every time I turned around, I was bumping into somebody who, uh, a colored pencil artist, who only used Stonehenge. And it seemed like that that was just the paper of choice, that that's what a lot of colored pencil artists preferred. And uh, it's still that way to a large degree. There's so many colored pencil artists that love that paper. I love it too. I, I do love it a lot. It's a great, great paper. It was not designed for colored pencil. Okay. So it was uh, designed as uh, a paper. It's made by Legion Paper. You can go to legionpaper.com. Um, but it was created in 1972. And specifically, it was created for a, as a printmaking paper. It was for the printmaking industry. And what happened was a lot of artists started adopting this particular surface because they loved uh, working on it. And so they even say on their front page now uh, or the page that uh, they talk about Stonehenge on because Legion Paper, they distribute a ton of papers. But uh, and so Stonehenge is just one of those. But they even talk about how it is the paper of choice among many members of the Colored Pencil Society of America. Um, and some of the reasons that they that they state and I agree with is because it takes multiple, multiple layers of wax and oil based colored pencils. Um, you're allowed on this particular surface to just build up these uh, layers and it will hold up very, very well. It 
seems like uh, sort of a, a weird thing when you start working on it for the first time because it's a soft cotton paper, yet it is very strong. Uh, and at first you don't feel like it, it is strong. You feel like, oh, this is flimsy. This is, this is going to you know hold up very well. It's only 90 pounds and uh, it doesn't feel like it's going to take multiple layers, but in fact it does. And it's very durable. You can erase on it quite easily. Um, you can, you can uh, to a certain extent, um, use light colors over dark. Not to the extent that you can with a non-absorbent surface, though. And so we'll talk about that in a moment when we talk about pastel matte. But you can, for a little bit, you can add some lighter colors over dark. Now, it comes in a variety of uh, colors for the surface of the paper. And for a long time, it was uh, just uh, white and then a few other colors, but they've uh, expanded the selection now. You can even get a black um, Stonehenge uh, paper. comes in cream, fawn, craft. Uh, craft is more like um, something that resembles a paper bag. Natural, pearl gray, polar, steel gray. Steel gray is a lot darker than the polar gray is more of a really faint light bluish gray. And uh, pearl is slightly in between uh, polar and steel gray. Steel gray is probably about the darkest that and craft, uh, the darkest surfaces that you can get this in. Warm and then white. There's not a whole lot of difference, in my opinion, between warm, cream, and natural. Those are all very, very faint differences uh, with regard to this lighter, uh, off-white kind of surface, okay? Um, so when you're making some decisions about what paper you're going to use, then you've got a variety to choose from when you're talking about um, this surface. Now, you can buy it in large sheets, uh, I think like 26 inches on one side, where they come uh, as an individual sheet, or you can buy it in pads. That makes it very convenient as well. Some claim, and, and I have noticed this from time to time, that there is an, a very distinct difference between what the paper that you get in a pad and those of the individual sheets. Um, Sometimes I haven't noticed much difference, though, at all. It's a fine art paper. It's 100% cotton. It's acid-free, obviously, chlorine-free. Um, it has a deckled edge on uh, especially the single sheets, and it will take so many different mediums. You can use odorless mineral spirits on it, and it holds up quite well, as we mentioned, to erasing, to multiple layers, and even problems from time to time. I've had issues and I've had to scrape things and uh, different, uh, you know, engineering issues <laughs> where you're just, you know, going under construction with your paper and you're abusing it uh, to get some kind of surface back. And it holds up really well when you do that. So you can also get it in a huge roll. I don't know that I would ever do that, but it is available as a, a huge roll as well. Okay comes in a variety of sizes, though. You can get it just from the smallest, just a few inches, all the way up to uh, yards if you want to, if you want to get it in the, uh, the big roll. 
a great, great paper to work on. It's a great paper to start on, in my opinion, if you come from charcoal and graphite and you've been working on a paper surface. I think it's a good one to uh, start on. Uh, like if you're used to Strathmore vellum surface or Strathmore uh, smooth surface or some other paper uh, company um, with those types of surfaces, either like a, a vellum or um, like a smooth or Bristol vellum, something like that. So it's a good one to start on, I think. But, you know, that, that may just be my prejudice a little bit because I started on the paper. Um, I really did. I, I actually started on, um, I believe it was Bristol vellum first. Tried that a couple times and figured out I just didn't like that too well. And I've, tr I've tried... I don't know, maybe 20 different surfaces by now, maybe more. And uh, and then I'll just kind of gravitate towards the ones that fit my temperament and my personality. And so that's really what I want to drive home today. There is no right or wrong answer on the paper that you're going to use. Just make sure that it's a fine art paper and that uh, it is made for colored pencil now you're not going to find one made for colored pencil but you're going to i mean it there are there is one in particular that i don't recommend that actually says it's colored pencil paper um by strathmore i i don't care for that one for colored pencil but for the most part you're not going to find one that says this is specifically designed for colored pencil and that's okay but you need to find a paper that you know is used for colored pencil you know it will hold up well. It will do the things you want to do. It will handle the techniques and the methods that you want to employ. And you can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong with Stonehenge. Okay, now let's talk then about uh, Pastel Mat by Claire Fontaine. There's only one Pastel Mat. It's made by Claire Fontaine. That is uh, a registered trademark of the company Claire Fontaine. And I, I love this paper. It's been a, a recent one. Past few years I've been using it. And it has become quickly one of my favorite papers to work on. Has a very unique sort of smooth, sort of velvety kind of surface. When you touch it to the touch, it feels smooth. But then if you slow your hand down and barely um, move it across the paper, but... Just sort of uh, dig into it a little bit and you can feel the texture. You can feel just a, a slight little grab of um, the texture in the paper. Now, you'll notice it more so, obviously, when you use a pencil on it <laughs> and you rake the pencil across the surface. It will grab the pencil in a very uniform way. And uh, you'll notice that there seems to be a little bit of tooth or texture. That is, you'll see some white left um, in the wake of your stroke on the paper. And so because of that, it will take a lot of layers as well. You can burnish on this particular paper. You can you know, have that polished kind of look if you build up enough layers. Um, you can quick, you can use a heavy hand. Whereas on Stonehenge, you probably don't want to use a heavy hand at the beginning. I would recommend not doing that. And uh, so a soft touch, a very, very light touch on Stonehenge is more appropriate. And then build up to 
uh, multiple, multiple layers. It takes longer to do that on Stonehenge because you have to go slow. On pastel mat, you can use a heavy hand right away. So if you're someone who, who, who has a hard time with trying to use a light touch, then that may be a good choice for you is to use pastel mat. Also, when and let's talk for a moment then about you know some of the, the things you would do when you're um, pre-planning and when you're trying to decide on the paper. And I want to talk about it with regard to the color selection. I just talked about the faint colors that Stonehenge offers. You know, they've got the fawn, the natural, the pearl gray polar cream and warm. So these are subtle differences from white. So when we compare that to what is offered by pastel mat, then we're talking about some very bold colors. Now it does come in white and they have um, a, a couple of assortments, I believe, with uh, some lighter colors. I think they've got like a Oh, what is it? It's uh, not brown. They do have a brown, but they have a maize um, and um, they've got some other color. I think that's a little bit lighter. I don't recall offhand what it is, but they have that anthracite. Uh, they've got buttercup and they've got sienna. They've got a dark green. They've got a dark blue. They've got a brown. They've got a dark gray. They do have a light gray. Have you noticed a bit of a trend here? They've got a wine color. It's a very dark uh, burgundy kind of color. The, a lot of these colors are very, very dark. So if you think about your background on your next piece, talking about pre-planning here, if you're thinking about something that is very dark, then this might be a good choice. If you also have a very hard hand, it might be a good choice. Also, this is a non-absorbent surface. We're talking about Stonehenge. We're talking about an absorbent surface. It's 100% cotton. This particular surface, it's designed and made for pastels. They weren't thinking about what would be the best surface for colored pencil. They're thinking about when they've developed this paper, what is the best paper for pastels and charcoal? And it's, it's a great surface for that. It grabs the medium and holds it in place. What I find, and it's also true with a uh, sanded paper, is that when you're raking the pencil over the surface, it will hold and it will grab more of the medium. And that's the reason why you can use a hard hand, a very, very heavy hand, rather. It will hold the medium a lot better and a lot faster than Stonehenge will. If you use a hard hand on Stonehenge, you're just going to damage the surface of that delicate surface on that paper. And uh, you're going to flatten out some of the tooth and you're going to have white spots left that you, you will hardly, it, it would be so difficult to ever get rid of those if it's at all possible. All right. Now you can use uh, OMS on this particular surface. I'm back to talking about pastel mat in case you're losing track here. So we're on pastel mat. And if you use a Gamsol or any odorless mineral spirit, any solvent on pastel mat, it has a different effect than it does on any other surface that I've tried so far, in my opinion. Um, it's very, very fluid. It turns the medium into, it makes color pencil more of a paint kind of medium. 
You can move it around. It's so, so fluid. You can move it around just as though you are um, manipulating paint on a surface, on a canvas. Now, if you want to compare and contrast that with how you're working on the Stonehenge paper by Legion, it has a very different type of um, reaction when you're using solvent. You have got to build up a lot of layers before you ever use solvent on Stonehenge. And when you use solvent on Stonehenge, it needs to be done in uh, a sparing way. You need to um, use it in smaller areas at a time. And then you have to allow for a lot of drying time. Now, I have gone over uh, some of my surface after using OMS on pastel mat without allowing it to dry completely. And that works just fine, depending on what you're wanting to accomplish and the techniques that you're trying to use. All right. So we talked a lot about uh, some of these differences. So think about now let's talk a little bit about planning. And I think this will answer the question about how do you decide which surface to go with. The real answer is there's there, there there's no right or wrong answer. <laughs> you you can you can use either surface for e any project. You're going to draw uh, an apple, you can use either surface for that. You're going to draw a portrait, either surface. You're going to draw a landscape, either surface. If you're going to draw still life, either surface, it doesn't matter, but think about whether or not you want to spend more time building up a lot of layers and uh, and then you want some flexibility with being able to erase, then I think that uh, Stonehenge might be a good option. And how, how much time have you worked on different surfaces and what are the surfaces that you've worked on in the past? Think about that. Now, if you're used to working on non-absorbent surfaces, maybe sanded paper, uh, maybe canvas. I don't know. No, don't know where you're coming into the medium and what your background is. Then maybe pastel mat by Claire Fontaine would be a good option for you. I have noticed that sometimes it's difficult for me to erase on uh, pastel mat. Now, it doesn't bother me because I can go over that surface that maybe I wanted to erase with a darker or a lighter pencil, and it does just fine. Now, that's one thing I should mention. On pastel mat, I can draw over a dark area with a light pencil, and I, I'm very successful in that. I think that you will be too. You can dig up some of the prior layers underneath when you're on this non-absorbent surface. And so it's a good option if you're thinking about something like that. But if you're more comfortable with erasing, with, um, you know, using maybe magic tape to erase or using sticky putty or kneaded eraser or your Tombow Mono Zero eraser or something like that, then maybe you want to stick with uh, a Stonehenge. But I, th I, both, I think that they're both great, great surfaces, and I love them very much. And uh, I, don't, I don't think I need to choose between these two. And once in a while, you know, if it, just, it just will depend on my mood and depend on what I'm thinking about the particular project. Um, there, there seems to be a little bit of a, a price difference and a shipping issue, uh, at least for me in the United States, where 
if I'm wanting to do something and I'm maybe maybe I'm running low on uh, um, the pastomat cards, you know, they think they call them cards, a paper from pastomat, then I may choose Stonehenge because I might not have the paper. And it takes most of the time, it takes me about three weeks to get the shape of the paper ship from the UK. If I'm wanting to do something and I don't want to think about the surface too much and I know I've got paper that I can use and I've got an abundance of paper, I'm probably going to choose Stonehenge for that project because I've got a lot of Stonehenge. I can get Stonehenge at the store. Uh, I can get it shipped to me and it's relatively inexpensive. Now we're talking about pastel mat. It's a little bit more on the pricier side, depending on how you purchase it. It can be uh, around three bucks per sheet. Um, it can be a little bit higher even than that. So depends on what you're paying for shipping and and uh, a number of other factors. But it's it's a little pricier. It does curl just a little bit. Um, especially when you start getting the larger sheets in the pads, it curls just a little. It's something to keep in mind and be aware of. You'll have to tape it down uh, when you're working on it. And um, Stonehenge isn't going to do that. Stonehenge is, is a very durable, flexible paper that will lay flat. It will uh, take OMS, and once it's dried completely, you can get it back to its original shape as well. All right, so a couple of other things then on planning and preparing before you begin your project. Once you decide on what it is you're going to draw for this next project, the next thing I want to think about then is I want to think about what areas of this particular piece will be challenging for me. Now, if it's so challenging that maybe I need to do a study first and I need to complete a color pencil piece, maybe a three by four. You know, a smaller piece, a little study of a particular area or part of that project, then maybe I'll go ahead and do that. That can be part of the planning process or the pre-planning that you're deciding on the complexity of the piece. And then I want to decide on how large this piece needs to be. Now, I think we already covered, um, you know, what have the reasons why you may decide to use one surface over another. And we're just going to relegate it to these two that we talked about, Pastel Matte and Stonehenge. But other than that, there are some other considerations. So if I'm looking at the piece and I'm thinking about uh, the project, uh, am I comfortable with freehanding? And if I am, then Pastel Matte might be a great one to go with because of that. Um, Stonehenge, I can use a light table and see through it and uh, I can I can trace my outline if I choose to do that. Uh, and it'll save me some time, especially if I'm up against a deadline. Now, when we're talking about some of the other methods for layout, uh, grid or projection or ruler and divider, then you're able to do all of those things when you're talking about uh, using pastel mat. But for Stonehenge, you can do any of those things for laying out your drawings, uh, your line drawing, getting that ready and prepared for you to complete your project. Now, you might want to do some thumbnailing before you start on your project to work out some of the values in the piece or even work out some of the color, um, the color uh, selections and choices uh, in your palette that you want to use. 
And uh, and then we're also obviously, like I talked about earlier, thinking about the color, the predominant color of the subject, and that's going to determine what I'm going to use as my uh, colored surface. For the most part, I use white, even uh, still uh, after you know using other colored surfaces, I still gravitate towards white most of the time. Um, that's just a preference because I, I know how to start on white. It makes it easier for me. I think about everything from that base layer color of white, and then I build up a drawing. I'm usually using a grizz eye method, and so everything's going to start pretty much the same way. Now, a slightly tinted surface isn't going to be that much different from starting on white. So think about, though, the predominant subject in the piece and how that might be affected by whatever uh, the color is in the background. And you may choose to go with something that is uh, going to help out that main subject area. And you can save yourself a lot of time. Now, another thing that you can do when you're thinking about uh, the surface is you, there's, there's a particular texture on the surface. And so maybe that surface, the texture of that paper uh, could help you with depicting whatever the subject matter is, especially if it's something large in the piece. And on pastel mat, you can have sort of this airy kind of rough textured surface, and it's quite convincing uh, when you're working on that surface to leave it sort of sketchy. Uh, you're seeing some of the white in the paper or the background in the paper, and that's perfectly acceptable. I, for some reason, uh, it seems like that in the color pencil community as a whole or as uh, at large that we've got it in our head that it always has to be this fully saturated piece that we can't see any of the background of the surface at all now i i don't know why we feel like that I, there's room for all types and styles and it's perfectly acceptable to leave some of the background uh, of the surface the paper itself showing through if that's the style that we are choosing uh, to use. Okay, well, I think that that just about wraps it up, and I hope that that was good information uh, for you to start with. So I don't really have any prescripted uh, steps, and uh, you know, any kind of um, guideline for saying, okay, this has to be first, second, and third. But I will tell you this: that when I start my piece, I am looking for. If the I'm looking for the detail and I'm thinking about that detail and thinking, OK, if I make this too tiny, the detail is what's going to matter in this piece. And are these details small? Are they large? Are they going to communicate well if I do this piece on, um, you know, eight inches uh, as being the largest side? Maybe not. Maybe it needs to be 14 inches in order to show all that detail. I think that's one of the most important decisions you can make when you're starting to plan. If I'm looking at a lot of tiny details, they're not going to be able to be seen if I go too small. So don't be afraid of going a little bit larger to get all of those details shown in the piece. All right, guys, this is a weekly show. If you would like to call in 
your question to the show, I would love for you to do that, and we'll play it here on the air, and I'll answer it in a future show, an upcoming show. What, so what we did, if you're uh, new to the show or if you heard me talking in the past about doing a large or a longer Q&A show, what I decided to do is take these audio recordings and to take a few out each time and just record my answers to them to have this uh, answer call in uh, series of shows. So that's what we're going to continue to do for a while here. If you enjoy the show, share it with someone else. Give me a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. This is a weekly show comes out on Monday and I'll talk to you again next week. Until then, stay sharp. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.